0: and we're back ladies and gentlemen welcome this is dump on, this is dump on the ump ostensibly a baseball podcast my name is joel i'm coming at you from champaign illinois tonight is tuesday april the 13th 2021 with me as usual is sam sam how's it going hey joel i'm
1: doing good i'm coming at you as usual from brooklyn new york uh where the weather has been downright spring-like lately
0: here too very lovely very lovely weather Uh, aesthetically, this is a baseball podcast, and usually we talk about baseball. We're probably going to talk about baseball a little bit this evening, but this is also going to be our top of the clock episode, so we'll talk to you a little bit about food and food preparation. Uh, I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. Sam is a Boston Red Sox fan. Sam, you are feeling pretty good about your team after the first, what? 10 games of the season?
1: 10 games, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so we are have played a couple games less than everyone else because we got rained out one day and then we got uh, rioted out another day yesterday.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
1: but we're 7-3, first place in the AL East, which no one saw that cover. Um, and we're really playing. We're like punching above our weight class right now, for sure. Um, like the Red Sox are scoring a lot of runs and like, I don't think that that's, I think that the Red Sox offense has the potential to be one of the best offenses in baseball. Um, probably not the best, but one of the best top 10 anyway, upper third, uh, but we've just been pitching so well. Um, and that is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and specifically the bullpen, which seemingly hasn't improved too much since last year, has been pitching really well. So I'm loving it right now. I'm feeling like there's going to, you know, the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Um, right. I just hope we can sweep the Yankees before that happens.
0: Davos. I believe he is the third Red Sox member of the Red Sox. Uh to, I mean, how old is he? 23? 24, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I I should have the statistic up. Only he, only Babe Ruth and Ted Williams have as many home runs as member of the Red Sox before their 24th birthday, as Rafael Devers does. Uh it's Ted Williams. I don't think it's Babe Ruth, because Babe Ruth pitched a lot for the Red Sox. He hit a lot for the Red Sox though, too. He was a he was a slugger for the Red Sox. I may be right. I mean I may be wrong about the home run stat, but he was a slugger for the Red Sox. I'm almost done with that goddamn Ty Cobb uh book I've been talking to you about. For like, nice, that's
1: good. Yeah.
0: He's He he was an okay manager. Uh, The White Sox are five and five, and the thing about the White Sox is we're either really lucky to be five and five, or we're really unlucky to be five and five, depending upon who you talk to. So we'll probably deserve to be five and five. Okay. We've got Eloy Jimenez. He's out until September. Tim Anderson has been on the IL. Adam uh, Angle, even though he's not a superstar, he was figured to be our starting right fielder. He's been out. So we've had all these guys out. And so we're basically playing with the triple A team. And we're still five and five. But. We also lead the league in uh, seven unearned runs given up. We are last in the league in runners and scoring position. I believe we're one for the last fifteen with runners right. scoring position.
1: Mm-hmm. I've mean,
0: got to be up in the top of the league in errors committed, and we're five and five. Our starting pitchers are three and zero. So we're really good at losing games late. So, okay.
1: So I got a question for you, Joe. Yeah. We're 10 games in, right? Yep. One 16th of the season, which is in the non-metric system is a is a measurement. Like this is worth through the first ounce of the season. Okay.
0: Ounce. Yeah, I like that.
1: <clears throat> season, yeah. How do you feel about Tony La Russa as your manager?
0: See, here's why I hate myself. <laughs> why
1: am I, why no, why? we don't have enough time on this podcast <laughs>
0: for
1: that. We don't have enough time on this podcast for that conversation. Why
0: am I defending Tony La Russa against these people? Okay. I hate Tony La Russa.
1: Define these people also.
0: Uh, uh, White Sox Twitter accounts. Who are attacking him for shit he does not have control over, and they're they're coming after him now. I I was not a fan of the Tony La Russa hiring, right? But he's a guy, and you ride with the guy who brought you to the prom dance, seventy-two-year-old drunk man who brought you to the prom dance. You ride. And like I, I he's not bad. He just doesn't make sense.
1: Right. You wanna know what I don't think makes sense? White Sox Twitter.
0: Okay, go on. Because
1: we've been talking about this and you've been talking about your aggressive defense of Tony LaRussa because you love him and you have a poster of him that you sleep with at night. And some of the things that he's being criticized by White Sox Twitter for seem fucking ridiculous. I think so. But now I'm just remembering the pizza, like the pizza, the, the, yes. the pizza thing. So now I'm like, not. It yes. doesn't, it's not so confusing. anymore.
0: I'm yes. Really. These are the same people who think that Tavern-style pizza is delicious pizza. They are right. criticizing Tony Lelusa for things that... Mm-hmm does not have fucking control over. It. You know, those people shouldn't be allowed to vote. I'm just going to say that right now. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you think there are actual different characteristics between different fan bases? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like, like I think the Astros fan base are the dumbest. Right, I think Seattle's fan base are very prone to melancholy.
1: well, that's just because it rains so much there
0: rain so much
1: there, yeah, so much cloud cover, yeah, Yankees fans are the most likely to be brought up on domestic abuse charges <laughs> uh, and not learn their lesson,
0: yeah, that's a good call. I don't know what White sox fans are they they inex- inexplicably like square cut pizza and they right. get angry when you tell them that that's just objectively bad. That's yeah, what the White Sox Twitter is. Huh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know much about the White Sox fan base. Yeah. Um, but I do think that fan bases are have their own personality, right? Because so much of like we talked about this when I was reading that uh fathers playing catch with sons by poet laureate what's his name right um because so much of like so i mean i know that you're new to the white Sox world but so much of baseball is like generational like i'm a red sox fan my dad was a red sox fan my grandfather was a red sox fan my other grandfather was a Boston Braves fan. Like, you know, it's a, it, it all, and, and certain things get passed down. Like, I wasn't alive for all 86 years of the Boston, like, World Series curse, but, like, I felt every single one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and, you know, I was, like, nine years old, being like, oh, well. Red Sox blew it again this year, like that's just the way that it is, you know,
0: yeah, no, I understand that, and um that's you know that's the good thing about baseball, yeah, one of them yeah, that legacy and that lineage, right.
1: Um, But, you know, it's also bad. Yeah. Because, like, when the Yankees lose and your dad beats up your mom and then you're like, oh, that's just the way that we do things here in Staten Island or whatever, you know?
0: Right. Uh, That's not good. All cops are Yankees fans. Right. (laughs) A-C-A-Y-F. A-C-A-Y-F. But the other thing is also, you know, that's what prevents – that's why folks get mad at Fernando Tatis Jr. for swinging on 3-0 and, and bullshit like that.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But I don't think that that's necessarily... You know, I don't know. I think that that's people play that up more than is actually real. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think that people really... Like, the majority of fans give a shit about bat flips. I think it's like some that, racist old white guys who are like... Do you think
0: you have like media personalities who get upset about things like that? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Racist. Right. Which way? Yeah.
0: yeah. Huh. So, okay. So you haven't watched Hue into the Storm yet, have you? No, still no. I really, I think you would like it a lot. It is a very good uh, documentary. I would also recommend the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Um, right, I
1: tried that. Remember, I didn't care for it.
0: Yeah, that's right. You don't listen to podcasts that's not us, do you? Right, yeah, exactly.
1: And I like even rarely listen to us, too. Yeah,
0: Yeah. what do you listen to, like, on the way to work?
1: <sighs> Top radio, I guess. Really? Yeah, I listen to a lot of, like, NPR. I listen to... Like WNYC, which is the New York public radio I listen to a lot. Okay. Oh, and at some point we got to do an episode about the New York City mayoral election because Oh,
0: we could make time for that. That shit's,
1: that shit's getting hot.
0: Yeah. Oh, Mr. Yang. Um, what I wanted to say about the QAnon thing because we brought this up last week. And the, the crazy thing is how common the beliefs of the QAnon folks have been for what's called a new word I learned. This is Joel's vocab word of the week conspiracists, right? Conspiracists? Yeah. People who believe that like conspiracies drive history. And the difference is that there are conspiracies, right? There was a conspiracy, like COINTELPRO, the FBI's plan to like infiltrate the Black Panthers and destroy them, was a conspiracy and did actually happen, right? Right. Mm-hmm. there are conspiracies that's different from conspiracism which is the idea that there's this like overarching conspiracy that controls all of history right but not
1: the one that says that you know black people are being treated differently and more unfairly than white
0: people Well, but that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just just history and reality. Right, but they don't believe that. Right, because that would make them confront themselves, which is very different. Which is the other thing, which is like conspiracism, like eventually you either fall into something that looks like Marxism, which is like, oh, rich people abuse poor people for their own benefit. And that's how history works. And if you cannot accept that interpretation of history, then you have to get into some form of conspiratism, which is like, Uh, no, the Jews control everything, or no, (laughs) actually it it comes back to the Jews. Right, it only—it's actually—it's only the Jews, it's always, right. yeah. Even if it's the aliens, for some reason it comes to the Jews, but right.
1: Yeah, that's the way—that's the way these things work, and it's a real bummer because I only like realized that in the past couple of years. Uh-huh. And before that, I was, like, really into this, like, governments covering up aliens and, like, you know, reading books about aliens and, like, ancient secret societies that, like, you know, all of this cool conspiracy stuff. But yeah. then once the internet really got involved, it was like, oh, Jews, Jews, Jews. Right. Right. And that kind of ruined it for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, if you've been following it, the government's been releasing a lot of fucking interesting things about (sighs) UFOs. Yeah. And nobody
1: cares all of a sudden.
0: Flying Jews.
1: Like that spaceship looks like a Star David, probably.
0: (laughs) Space lasers. Uh (laughs) But and the other thing, and we've talked about this before, I know that, Sam, but it's like when there is a big change in society, mm-hmm. people have a hard time grasping the reasons why. Right? Uh-huh. And so they cling to conspiratory thought. So like the last time this has happened is really like the French Revolution and uh-huh. the revolution and that's where you get like anti-semitism coming from this is all from i was listening to the behind the bastards podcast about this and i was like oh that makes sense like if your entire society is crumbling down around you it's easier to blame the jews than to blame like complex market changes
1: Right, that you don't understand.
0: That you don't understand.
1: Right. That's what I think it all boils down to. There's a bunch of people who don't get anything and then someone's like, yeah, it's the juice. And you're like, oh, I already didn't like them. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's
0: not real. Well, and the alternative to, let's call it the blame the Jews theory, is like (laughs) this idea that, which is like some form of Marxism, of like, oh, I'm getting robbed of my wages every day because, you know, and the wealth is being redistributed upwards. And that's why I can't afford rent, Right? Right. So in we, you know, like we said, it's easier to say blame the Jews than to blame like regressive tax policies. Right. Hmm. Does not make me optimistic about the future of humanity, Sam. Right. Yeah, that's pretty dark. Yeah, well, that's what we do on the show. <laughs> uh, I cooked some fucking chili this week. Nice. Really chili. Yep. I went back to beef instead of the pork. I'm going to go back to the pork at some time. But right. I really enjoyed the beef. Maybe because it's more simple. Can you explain to me why you were thinking that like the, the pork rib chili would be the thing that would make my chili good.
1: Um, well, I, that wasn't a thing. You were just making ribs already. I was like, you should chuck that in your chili. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of how it went down. Um, but right. It's the, the collagen... Uh, which is gelatin basically that you get from the bones that would thicken up, like give extra richness to your chili.
0: Could I do that with like a, like I want to do like a pulled pork chili? Okay. What, like, because. When I was putting the ribs in there two weeks ago, I was getting that gelatin and it was weird and gross.
1: Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like like gross jello in my chili. Right.
1: Um, We're not eating it cold though, right?
0: No, I'm heating it up. But then you right. have glob- fat globules in your chili. Um <clears throat> The gelatin
1: and the fat are two different things.
0: Oh, okay. Explain that to me because I don't understand that. Well, fat is made from
1: fat, and gelatin is made from broken down connective
0: tissue, basically. So, how do I get the fat out of my chili? Yeah, scoop it off the top. Okay
1: that's it there's no like or you could cool it down and then scrape it off the top you know when it coagulates
0: yeah I've done that before but that's what I gotta do or you could
1: just use like lean meat
0: you know right but the idea is to have the like delicious porkness of it right but you
1: could just get a leaner piece of pork yeah But you can get a pork shoulder and trim all the fat off it.
0: That might be what I try next. What would you say about like a pork butt?
1: Yeah, pork butt is a pork shoulder, actually. Wait, what? Yeah, pork pork butt is the front leg.
0: So why do they call it a butt?
1: I don't know. I'm going to look that up right now. I
0: used to know. That's really fucking weird. It's called the Boston butt. <laughs> anyway, I made the same chili recipe with ground beef, and I really am enjoying it. Um, it's not good for you. It's spicy, tomato-y, beefy. I love the ranch-flavored beans. Lots of cumin. Uh, really enjoying it. <laughs> now, Wait, are you Googling or are you listening? <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, I'm listening. I'm listening and I'm Googling.
1: Yeah. But I do, when I make chili, I usually make beef chili also. Or I do vegetarian chili, either or.
0: Well, the pork chili was supposed to give me a leg up on the chili game. And I might go back to it. Well, it's like a different angle. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And I like the spiciness. I think I've got the the spicy hotness the way I want it. Right. Uh, Which has been a a problem for me for months now. I keep underestimating my spice levels,
1: Right. (laughs) You could also get like lean ground pork and just make it the way you're making it with ground beef, you
0: know? Oh. I might try that. oh, could I do beef and pork? That would be too much meat. Right.
1: That's like when you were like, oh, that just kind of was more like pork and beans and it's because you use like 10 pounds of meat and like two pounds of beans, remember?
0: Right, well, that's another thing that's good about this recipe is I only had like half as much beef as I had pork last week. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Um <laughs> uh, okay I got it. So the pork butt mm-hmm. is like the the it, the word the the word butt actually means the thicker end of something. So
0: like a cigarette butt,
1: like a cigarette butt or the butt of like a rifle or a gun. Um and so it's like the it's from the shoulder, but it's like the big part of the thick part of the shoulder.
0: Huh? Yeah, the top end of the shoulder, the butt right. of the shoulder. And when you when
1: you're actually butchering a pig, and you cut off that front shoulder, it comes off and is kind of square. It's kind of like square at the top. Mm-hmm. So that's why I guess.
0: Huh? Never knew that. All right. So so the
1: butt, what you would think of like the ass of the pig, that's the ham.
0: Oh, see, that's what I always thought the pork butt was.
1: No, the ham is the like ass of the pig, basically. Yeah. And then the pork butt is from the shoulder.
0: Huh. Yeah. What do you use the ham for? Does the ham of the pig make ham out of it? You always smoke it and it. <laughs> No, the ham
1: you make prosciutto, right? That's ham, and you can roast it, do fresh ham. Mm. It's, it's the ham. It's the ham. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot less, there's like a lot fewer muscle groups in the hind leg than there are in the f- like front shoulder leg because you got a lot of shit coming together all up here. Right. Whereas it's the. basically <laughs>
0: eating a human.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, all all mammals are basically the same. Like two legs or four legs. Like, you know, they all come apart the
0: same, basically. Four legs, good. Two legs, bad. They all taste the same.
1: (laughs) But uh, when up in the front, like fore shoulder, you got the neck muscles, the chest muscles, the leg muscles, kind of all coming together. And on the back end, it's just like your butt muscle, your, your leg muscles, and that's it, because the muscles that are coming down your back, uh, if you're a four-legged animal, that's your loins, basically. And those muscles don't get used for much, so.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. And that's why pork belly is the way it is.
1: Right, also, pork belly is mostly just fat.
0: Yeah. Delicious. I gotta get me some pork. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so last week we talked about your Easter uh, supper that you had with oysters and clams. And, right. mu- and mussels, I believe. No mussels. No mussels. Just mm. oysters and clams. And, and turkey. Turkey <laughs> of God. Lots oh, of other good shit too. Clam yeah. of God, we called it. Hmm. Um. And we were talking a little bit about the history of oysters, and you mentioned the history of oysters in New York City, right? Do you think you could give us that story? Story. It's kind of a lot, but it,
1: like the basic overview is the way the reason that so they were like a lot of native people in this area already when the white man came and then and then you know European settlers also came here, the Dutch first, right and then they sold to the British, I guess. Um, but but the reason is because of the way that the land works here is, Uh, you have two rivers coming into a a bay on either side of Manhattan Island, right? And the bay is protected by Long Island. So you have all this fresh water coming in to to the ocean that's protected from big storms by this big kind of spittle land that kicks out and like blocks all of the weather coming from the south.
0: Roger. Which is where, Roger. which is. Yeah, Long right. protects New York City. From hurricanes. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat>
1: um, and so because of that, this area right where I am right now had uh, the, some, like one of the largest populations of sea life in the entire world mm. like so much that you could build a massive city just over by feeding it from these waterways um and so there's all these crazy stories about new york city um, and oysters because another thing that like oysters kind of like like that kind of more still water and they're a really necessary part of a biodiverse underwater high population ecosystem because they clean the water right because they're filter feeders so they like suck in all the fish shit eat it and then pump out fresh water basically um and so the you know you wouldn't recognize it now because it's fucking disgusting here but the waters were clear like the caribbean like you know completely blue and clear and just teeming with ocean life and you have all these waterways so like it was a massive uh place for atlantic salmon to go spawn up the hudson river same with like striped bass sturgeon um sturgeon used to be called uh albany beef because there was so much sturgeon in the hudson river that that was just like the, the most common meat to have uh bars in new york city like you go to a bar and there's like peanuts or popcorn or pretzels or whatever on the bar like bars in new york city just used to have uh bowls of caviar and like endless trays of oysters because they were it was basically free. Um, and uh, it was estimated when white people started settling the New York City area that 70%, or I can't remember the exact number, but like more than half of all of the oysters in the entire world lived in this in New York City area. Mm-hmm. was just like the entire bottom of all of the water was completely covered in oyster beds um and how did we destroy that pollution yeah because you have these filter feeders you get you pollute the water too much and they just die the interesting part is like a lot of the plans for cleaning up new york waterways that are going on now and have been going on are based around reseeding the new york city waterway areas with oysters again to clean because they naturally clean the ocean Um, and it doesn't take you know a huge amount of money to like get a bunch of oysters and throw them in the ocean you know what i
0: mean Is there any place where the oysters come from now? Like if New York is not the number one producer of oysters in the 21st century, what is?
1: Well, you can still get oysters from uh, they have oyster farms out on Long Island but they grow like you know, I buy all the oysters for the restaurant from uh, Massachusetts and Rhode Island basically and then There are oysters all up and down the West coast, all up and down the East coast. Um, The oysters, the better eating oysters tend to come from colder water. So it's mostly Northern. Like I think that the furthest South that I can buy oysters from are from Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's not to say that, I mean, there are oysters everywhere, but the good ones are from cold water, basically. So you get a lot of them, they grow a lot of them in Washington and Oregon. You, you must have heard of. It.
0: I did sure. not honestly I, I never ate oysters in Oregon. I didn't have oysters until I had them in Manhattan and then Right. Manhattan.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a real you know, it's a real cultural thing here. And it's it's interesting because you really don't think of necessarily think of New York City as a seafood town, but it's like Literally, that's the only reason this city got so big,
0: right? <clears throat> hmm. <sighs> well, that's been Oyster Corner with Sam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I'm allergic to oysters too, just to put that on the record. I,
0: it sounds, I love oysters so much, I love yeah. them,
1: I I'm love- really good at shucking them,
0: though. right? Well, how uh. This is not a question I should ask, but how, if you're allergic, but you can shuck them, do you not get, like, swollen fingers? Uh, no, not so much. I don't really have
1: a reaction unless I ingest it. Right. Um, and then, you know, I didn't used to be allergic to oysters. I used to eat oysters all the time until I was in probably my early 20s. And yeah. then I started to get, like, scratchy throat a little bit. And then it's gotten worse since then. Oh, nice. Uh, so now my throat gets, it doesn't, like, close up, close up. But it, there's definitely something going on. I also get, like, uh, my eyes get, like, blood red, like vampire red. <laughs> um, and, like, I can't see, you know. It's really, it's it's pretty bad. But like that's, you know, I don't generally get a reaction from shucking them unless I splash myself in the mouth or the eye or something. And that, you know, now that I wear a mask all the time at work, that doesn't really happen anymore, you
0: know? Yeah, that might not be going away. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dub on the Up. Umpt- Wait, I want to talk about my mead. Oh, mead. Uh-huh.
1: So if you're listening to this podcast, you know I've been making mead and I had this one batch of mead that was just taking forever. Maple mead. I'm making it out of maple syrup. So, And it's still not done fermenting. But I took it and uh, racked it which means I siphoned it from one bottle to another bottle to get all the dead yeast out of the bottom. Um, and I put one bottle's worth to seal and see if it'll get carbonated or possibly explode. I should probably get it out of the way where it is now. Um, but I tried it. And this is the point of this. This is why I wanted to bring it up. Is I, poured my siphon myself a glass off and it's really pretty good actually okay so i i made it uh, just maple syrup and water and yeast and it's pretty good and then i racked it into another bottle like a fermenting bottle and i put hibiscus flowers in there so i'm gonna have one bottle that's just maple mead and then I'm going to have like another probably two bottles that are maple hibiscus. So, pretty excited about that.
0: That's going to be delicious. Do you have any concept of the alcohol content?
1: No, I'm going to have to... I'll drink that bottle on the podcast in a couple of weeks, probably.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Or maybe I'll just let it age. I don't know. Who knows?
0: Either or... I think uh, popping a bottle of meat on the podcast would be a good idea.
1: Right. I do too, but I think I should probably start saving some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, if this is a good batch, which it is, I should probably just save it. But we'll see. It might explode. and Send shards of glass.
0: (laughs) You know, loose things have happened.
1: Yeah. But anyway, it tasted a little bit like a like a, it was kind of bitter. It was kind of tasted like a porter, like a beer, you know?
0: Right. Um, that does not surprise me, honestly.
1: Right. Yeah, me neither. Because sometimes you drink a beer and you're like, oh, this kind of tastes like maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it was good. I'll keep you all posted about it.
0: Yeah, definitely do that. Uh, hey, White Sox and Red Sox this next weekend. we got going to talk about that.
1: Right, yeah, that'll be good.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to be in Texas.
0: You're going to be in Texas? I'm
1: going to Texas, yeah.
0: Oh, why are you going to Texas? Wedding. Oh, fine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Up Ostensibly Baseball Podcast. Top of the Croc, or cooking segment. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you listen to us, you can follow us on all your social media applications. That includes Twitter at Dump on the Ump, Instagram at Dump on the Ump, and Facebook at Dump on the Ump. You can also listen to us on any of your applications. That includes uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes. For Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow.